بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وألحقنا بعبادك الصالحين ما بعد الحمد لله الله سبحانه وتعالى has sent the Quran to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a guide, as a light, as our najat and success in this dunya as well as in the akhirah. And amongst the verses which were recited this evening, the, there were some verses which related to a foundational clash which started from the time of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, which is a clash which will continue in the lives of human beings. And that is the conflict or the apparent clash between revealed instructions from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a person's personal intellect and understanding. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, and in many places of the Qur'an this incident has been mentioned, where he instructed the malaika and with them Iblis to prostrate and make sujood to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. So this is a decree from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a divine instruction which, for which there is no compromise. فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ All of them made sujood and prostrated besides Iblis. لَمْ يَكُمْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala questioned him and asked him, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَلَّا تَسْجُدَ إِذْ أَمَرْتُكَ What stopped you from prostrating after I had instructed you to prostrate? So he responded and he gave his justification in his mind. أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِّنْهُ خَلَقْتَنِي مِنْ نَارِ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِنْ طِينَ my reason for not prostrating is that I am better than him. So he tried to give an intellectual response to a direct instruction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is, the scholars go into great detail and they explain to us that this was a result of a, a type of spiritual sickness which shaitan Iblis had in his heart which prompted him to respond in this way. And that hidden sickness is called kibr, arrogance and pride. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa defined this particular concept of arrogance and pride. And he said, غَمْتُ النَّاسُ وَبَطَرُ الْحَقِّ The Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that uh, a person likes to wear good clothing and he likes to wear good shoes perhaps. Is this a sign of pride? Rasulullah said, no. And in a hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah loves to see the signs, the manifestation of his bounties on his servants out of appreciation. So this, that's not a, a sign of pride. Then Rasulullah said, and he said, Al-kibru al-haq. To look down upon other people, regard them to be less important or insignificant, to be condescending towards them. وَبَطَرُ الْحَقِّ and to repel and reject the haqq when it is given to you. When you are told something, this is the haqq, this is the truth, you reject that, that is the sign of, of kibr. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَا يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ That person will not enter into jannah مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ كِبْر Who has an iota of kibr in his heart, he will not enter into jannah. This doesn't mean that a Muslim who has that particular characteristic will not enter into Jannah forever. There might be a cleansing process which will have to be gone through in the fire of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. That is if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that particular sin. 
So shaitan had this, he's instructed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says, no, I, I feel differently. Let me question myself, respected brothers and sisters, that this is something, a challenge human beings will face throughout the existence. It is something which is very common now in terms of questioning religious scriptures and texts that this is what the Quran says, this is what Rasulullah sallallahu but it doesn't make sense to me, I don't understand it. We need to understand firstly that our comprehension and our minds are limited and where our intellect ends, that's where the door of revelation begins. So where our minds cannot perceive, this is where wahi starts. Because wahi is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created all these things and the faculties that we do have. Everything of ours is limited. Our vision is limited. We can only see it to a particular distance. I cannot see what is behind my back. Our taste is limited. Our understanding is limited. And many times we see things and we get it wrong. So somebody asks you, who's that? You say, no, it's Ibrahim. In the meantime, it was Yusuf. And that is a type of ignorance which is found with each and every one of us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alim. He has knowledge. And he has full knowledge. Of his, his, uh, the, uh, the omni knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond our comprehension. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom is beyond our comprehension. So shaitan now re- rejects the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which results in what? It results in him now becoming the cursed creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala till the day of Qiyamah. But his arrogance doesn't stop there. He tells Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now I'll show you what I'm going to do to your servants. This children of Adam, I'll show you what I do to them. I'm going to take them astray, each and every one of them, besides those who are purified and saved by you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his knowledge knows that shaitan is making a promise and Allah gives him respite till the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him respite and this is as a test for human beings. There will always be these two paths, the path of Rahman and the path of shaitan. And we have to choose between these two. Sometimes we slip, sometimes we make mistakes, but we have to adopt the way of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. What was the way of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam? What was the way of shaitan? Where he said, I'm created of fire and he's of clay, so therefore the heat rises, I'm more powerful and destructive, so I need to be the one that he's prostrating to. That is one approach. And the one is the approach of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam when he made the mistake in Jannah, eating what he was not. He said, Rabbana zalamna anfusana, oh Allah. We have wronged ourselves. I made a mistake. We were wrong. This is a very great quality to have, respected brothers. We all make mistakes. And it might be big. It might be small. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives, then no big mistake is big. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His greatness is bigger than our sins. And this is why the poet says, Ana mukhti'un. Ana mudnibun. Ana asi. I am one who falters and sins and disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huwa rahimun, huwa ghafirun, huwa kafi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rahim, he is most merciful, he, he is most forgiving and he is sufficient for all our needs. So three of my qualities and three qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qabaltuhunna thalathatan bi thalathatin. I compared my three my sinning, my disobedience, my weaknesses, my discrepancies, to the great qualities of Allah of forgiving and pardoning and having mercy. 
And the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously will overwhelm my weaknesses. So we have those mistakes. We shouldn't think that there's no room for, there's no hope, I'm so bad, I'm beyond repairs, there's no hope left for me, and I did this. And to have regret is important, it's the first step of tawbah. But it is not that we lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam shows us that you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, acknowledge your fault, and don't try to justify your, your wrong or your disobedience in, uh, by, by rejecting the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The whole wave of modernity which started in the 16th, 17th century from the so-called enlightenment and then it affected Christianity and all the religions of its time, besides Islam, alhamdulillah, because these religions had defects intellectually. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us through the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all the intellectual arguments which are there to defend and protect the creed of Islam, to defend the Qur'an, the, the uh, accusations and the, and the objections against the Qur'an. There are objections against the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There's objections against the jurisprudence of Islam. But each of these, they are documented encyclopedic works giving the responses to those objections. Allah has given us this beautiful deen which is fortified. It is our duty to subject ourselves to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the beautiful month of Ramadan is one in which we need to practice and exert ourselves in suppressing our nafs. Somebody asked one of the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many steps is it to Jannah? He said it takes two steps. One on your nafs, the next one is in Jannah. Two steps. One on your nafs, and the next one is into Jannah. On your nafs means that I know that I did something wrong, acknowledge it, and I need to work on it. I'm weak in this particular thing, I need to rectify my wudu, I need to rectify my salah, I need to learn how to recite Quran. I'm not too sure about how the things of, of aqidah and my faith and my creed needs to be understood, put it in place. Let me gradually build my, my, my base of knowledge and increase gradually and gradually. Obviously, we're not going to become like the Sahaba, but take a step and make that intention, inshallah. The month of Ramadan is for that. The month of Ramadan is for us to make a transformation in our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this. So this is the first lesson, and uh, it was recited in great detail. It will come again in other verses of the Quran, other surahs, where the events between Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. So constantly, we are reminded via these verses to ponder and reflect that why am I not doing this? Allah is telling me to do this and what is the reason for my, my rejection and my disobedience towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another important verse, all the verses are important, but one which we will touch on is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that when Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam was in Jannah and Shaytan's effort was to get him out of Jannah, the first thing that happened to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, in fact, Shaytan did this because he wanted Sayyidina Adam and his blessed wife Hawa السلام, he wanted the clothing to be removed and this is a plot of shaitan it was at that time of Sayyidina Adam السلام, and it will happen before Qiyamah as well and you will see the places where shaitan's effort has been successful the, the more his efforts are successful the less clothing people wear and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says O oh, children of Adam O oh, mankind, ponder and think. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed for you and sent down upon you clothing that you can wear for covering and for adornment. And the clothing and attire of taqwa is the best, the one which has the signs of 
piety and, and uh, submissiveness towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, Ya Bani Adam, O children of Adam, La yaftinannakum shaytan Let shaytan not beguile you and place you in fitna. Kama akhraja abawaykum minal jannah. The way he removed your parents from jannah. What did he do? Yanzi'u anhuma libasahuma. He snatched away from them their clothing. So that they could see their, their nakedness and their private parts. The word in Arabic for private parts is so'a. So'a means something which, which a normal person is not happy looking at all the time, unless there's a need. So is that part of the body which needs to be covered with the innate predisposition and nature of a human being. They don't feel comfortable with that part of their body being exposed. And shaitan's first effort is that. And this is my message for today, respected brothers and sisters. Many of us as men and many of our brothers and our sisters also, we have a weakness when it comes to covering ourselves appropriately in terms of sharia. Now, again, the month of Ramadan is our starting point, inshallah. This is not a time to judge who is dressing like a pious person, who is not dressing like a pious person. This is our stepping stone. We are encouraging one another via these reminders that this is what shaitan's attempt is. Via clothing, the removal of clothing, take your scarf off, do not wear a trouser, don't dress modestly. Via this avenue, he is destroying our deen and he will deprive us of entrance into Jannah, which is our original abode with Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. So, if we need to go anywhere, we need to understand that for our mothers and sisters, the hair must be covered. Your hands and face may be open, that is, if there is the dire need, but it is allowed that the hands and face be open. The rest of the body needs to be covered. It might be difficult. Now my sisters, many of them might feel, and I know for a fact there are many of our sisters, alhamdulillah, in their hearts, See, in the month of Ramadan, most of them are wearing scarf and they're wearing abaya. In their hearts, this is how they do want to dress. I, I think that's a reality. There is a lot of good in the, in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In our community and in our people, Allah has placed a lot of good. But sometimes just due to a weakness or due to the circumstances around us, so the pressure around us that people are going to say, oh, check, this guy is becoming pious now. Now he is now. He's not wearing a shorts anymore. Or check, she's becoming very pious. And due to that pressure then we give in to that type of pressure, external pressure and we say, okay, let me remove the scarf, let me uh, not wear a trouser. Let us not do that. Like, you know, many times, I'll just give this one incident and I don't know why I'm mentioning it. It's uh, an experience I had personally. I went with my, with my late wife to Ukraine for Ramadan for many years. And uh, one lady who used to travel for the whole month to come to my wife to learn uh, basics of Aqidah and to learn to recite Quran. She completed the whole of Behesti's ever. She learned to read Quran in the month of Ramadan, in one month. A Russian lady. I may Allah protect them and preserve them. They're still in Ukraine. So she would come every... So my wife asked her, how do you manage? you wearing the scarf and, and in Ukraine we know it's, it's modern and open how they dress. She says, I had a, a habit from when I was a non-Muslim and that was I always liked to be noticed which is something that we don't perhaps uh, think about. She says, I always like to do something which makes people notice me. And that was for the wrong reasons. Now I'm a follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm a daughter of Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha. I'm going to maintain that characteristic of letting people notice me, but in the correct way. 
So I'll come, and she used to travel two hours, take three trains to come every day, have iftar, and stay till after taraweeh, and learn the basics of deen. Respected mothers and sisters, each and every one of you, you're also the daughter of Fatima radiallahu anha. And Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha is the queen of the women of Jannah. They say if you want to know the status of Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha, see who's her father, who's her husband, and who's her sons. If you want to know her status, then see who's her father, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who's her husband, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anha. And who's her sons, Sayyidina Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhuma. So you are the daughters of that illustrious and great servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She will look at you on the day of Qiyamah as well. Think of that legacy that you are part of, inshallah. And let this month of Ramadan for our mothers and sisters be a means of at least a stepping stone. Let us make the intention, inshallah, those of our mothers that are listening via the receivers, those who are in the masjid, make this our intention, inshallah. This is not a reprimand. This is not judging anyone. This is merely an encouragement that you are in the month of Ramadan activated spiritually. Make this the stepping stone to move forward. And our brothers as well, inshallah. Many of us, alhamdulillah, we dress appropriately in the masjid. We dress appropriately when we're out in our communities. But let the holiday come and we buy amshlanga and then the short, or we go jogging, then the shorts comes out. So that is inappropriate, respected brothers. The, the thighs of a man is part of our nakedness. We need to cover it. And this is not what I'm saying. This is what Rasulullah sallallahu said. At least let us subject ourselves to what Rasulullah sallallahu has informed us and instructed us and not reject uh, the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala via our personal preferences and our intellect. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify us and give us tawfiq to make amal insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our past sins and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our children and the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the ploys and plans of shaitan. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين إن شاء الله بالكونكلود with the normal ذكر that we usually do أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله استغفر الله نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار أنا reminded to make our intention for tomorrow's fast inshallah الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين الحمد لله رب